Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. Believe it or not, this is episode 100. We've made it 100 episodes before someone has convinced me to stop doing this, or told me that I needed to. Um, and for this special occasion, we have the founder of Lost Rhino, Matthew Hagerman, and Chocoholic, as I've found out that everyone just calls you that, but we'll go by real names, um, Tanya Priolo. Did I get that right? That's exactly right. I, I'm really good at butchering names, like directly <laughs> after I've been told how to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> So thank you for coming up to from Virginia to stop in and talk to us. Yeah, cheers. I appreciate you having us. So from the little bit of research I did on you, which was about um, a minute or two of mm. Googling, um, <laughs> from what I understand, you've actually been involved in brewing for quite some time. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, just, uh, you know, eventually you're just around the block for so long that you just know everybody at this <laughs> point. And it's pretty ridiculous. Even being up here in Maryland, like, you know, I've, like, I was brewing up here. I was brewing in Gaithersburg um, at a place called Growlers down on East Diamond Street. So I was there. It's um, a, For how small of a place that is, it's amazing how many people have gotten their start there. You better believe it. I mean, I have uh, I have colleagues that, um, you know, were, were there and then went on to start places like Fair Winds and Mad Fox, part of Mad Fox Brewing. Like, there were a lot of, a lot of bounces out of there that were pretty impressive. So. so let's get the rundown of places you've brewed because it, okay. it's extensive. Yeah, well, I mean, I was at Old Dominion for quite some yeah. time. So I was there for almost eight years. Uh, and I started, I literally, like, when I got started there, you know, I came out of, of college in a mechanical engineering degree. And, you know, I went on, I was a home brewer and all that, and I went on a tour. And um, it was one of those deals where, you know, I'm that guy at the end of the tour. I was fortunate enough where Jerry Bailey, the owner of Old Dominion at the time, was giving the tour and you know at the end of the tour I was that guy I'm like hey man is do you have a, a job available is there any way I can get because like when I walked into the brewery it was like that thing where you're like this is where I want to be kind of yeah. deal and and you know it was uh it was mechanical engineering and process engineering but it was also you know biochemistry and it was just process it was just awesome and then you're making beer at the end of the day so I'm like well this is a totally a no-brainer so um, uh, I was that guy, I harassed him at the end of the tour and, um, I called him every two weeks for four months until he, fin- <laughs> I don't like to admit that, but, um, I called him every two weeks for four months. So you beat him into submission. Yeah. Oh, time. more or less. Or he just got sick to death of my phone calls. It was one <laughs> or the other. And, um, I started cleaning floors. That was my job. Um, I was a janitor and uh, I cleaned the floors on the production line. And then I just, uh, Eventually, I was able to work on the production line of mechanic and just work my way up all the way through the cellar and into the brew house. So, you, so. had you been working as an engineer, or did you just? Yeah, I was doing just, some internships okay. at the time, and I wasn't fully committed to any one area yet. And I started doing drafting for a mechanical building systems place, and it was eight hours of drafting, and I was just, I'm like, uh, like this is not what I want. Was anticipating at all, and as soon as I, I got to the brewery, it was just. Uh, it was amazing. So I stayed there and worked my way up, and eventually I became a brewer over there. We were production brewery, so we were doing almost 30,000 barrels of beer a year there. And um, and then I went off to 
Um, you know, as everybody knows at this point, um, Amheuser-Busch stepped in and purchased uh, Old Dominion. The writing was on the wall, so I uh, rolled out and um, went to school and professionally and got my certificate and all that stuff. Um, and then uh, I was fortunate enough to get a job at um, Growlers in Gaithersburg, Maryland, and I was there for um, almost three years, um, just developing recipes and all that stuff. And then uh, started working on my business plan in Loudoun County because my ultimate goal was to actually compete with Old Dominion, you know, because, okay. you know, they were still yeah. there, right? And so um, I had a, a, a guy call me up, one of my, my foreign partners, and uh, he told me that the um, AB was exiting out of Ashburn and told me the equipment was available. So, um, I mean, it's crazy stories. Like, I, I could literally go on and on about the stories, but um, I had three. Well, we have as much time as you have. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, um, I see Tanya's rolling her eyes and her head and everything. <laughs> She's like, oh, God. But, um, you know, it was one of those deals where I had my business plan and everything together, but, you know, I didn't have any capital, right? I was just, you know, I was still brewing beer. And yeah. that's, you know, and I didn't have rich uncles or anything like that. So um, I went out and... Um, I had been working with the Small Business Development Center in, in Loudoun County and Ashburn for a while and trying to develop it and get things going. And um, at the end of the day, um, I got a call, and I had three days to raise enough capital to buy um, at least the equipment off of Old Dominion because I was very familiar with all of it. Yeah. It was a big system, obviously, to kick off with. but How many barrels is it? 25-barrel, uh, okay. four-vessel system, so it's very efficient. You know, it can pump out 40,000 barrels. So I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to give it a try. So I literally had my attorneys. So there was actually a beer festival going on in Morven Park. Um, Virginia at the time. And I'm like, hey, what better way to raise money than at a beer festival, man? So <laughs> so I, I knew some uh, guys that um, were working uh, for a local distributor. They actually wound up starting their distributorship up here in Frederick, um, Backup Beverage. Okay. And um, anyway, so they let me have a spot at their table. And I went I went to the 24-hour sign place and had a sign. I didn't even have a name for the brewery yet, man. Like, that's how crazy it was. So I literally had a guy um, make me up a banner, and I'm like, okay, I have no name for the brewery. So I just called it M.A.Hagerman Brewing Company. I'm like, that's all I've got at the moment. So, um, and, and I was fortunate enough to pick up the Rhino Chaser's name because it was just available. And um, we went out there um, with the Rhino Chaser's name, as a as a beer brand you know yeah and everybody knew me because I, like <clears throat> so I said, is that the first that's the first beer you made yeah that was the very first beer we made and um so i went out and did this beer festival thing and you know i was out there peddling like literally like i had a banner and i had a prospectus right yeah. my attorneys literally met me out in the field to give me my my subscription agreement and all that stuff for for fundraising and so anyway, so I went through the whole weekend, and um, we were giving out stickers and all that stuff with no luck. And, you know, it was like, you know, plenty of dudes that were coming up that were hammered. They were like, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah I'll I'm like, no, man, I don't want you to wake up Monday and have made a bad yeah. decision, <laughs> that big of a bad decision. So um, it was Sunday evening, and uh, I was literally packing up. Like, I was packing the truck up. I'm like, I'm just going to have to figure out something else, right? I wasn't going to quit, but I was just going to have to try a different way. And um young lady um uh out of china came up to me and she she was uh she lived locally and 
um, she said, I'd be interested in investing. And like, literally, I'm packing the truck up. Wow. I'm like, that's how crazy yeah. it was. And I'm like, oh, and she's like, oh, I'm allergic to beer. I can't drink it, but I'm interested in investing. I'm like, what in, like, what in the world would, yeah, for, like, why okay. would you be for, interested? First of all, why are you here? Yeah, right, right. Festival. Yeah, yeah, at a beer festival. Second, why are you investing in a brewery? Right, so her boyfriend was there with her at the time. And um, anyway, so um, come to find out, she she was, her brothers live in Beijing and have distributorships there already. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so that was the connection. She was into the industry. Yeah, yeah, she it, totally yeah. knew all about it and all about beer and everything. And she knew that craft was up and coming because this was like, you know, 2008, 2009. So um, she knew it was up and coming. So she literally signed a check right there in the field, literally. And I took it. Monday morning back to Budweiser and bought the equipment back off of them. And um, and then it was like on like Donkey Kong kind of thing. Like, you know, and they made it very clear that my deposit that I just put down was non-refundable. And I'm like, <laughs> awesome, man. So I had to come up with the remainder. Plus I had to decommission Old Dominion and I only had a couple guys doing it. So it wasn't yeah. like, you know, I had a whole crew or anything. So, and they were turning the space back to zero, like back to, back to nothing. So we had to take and decommission all the equipment, crate it up, um, and load it into 18-wheelers. Again, no idea, like, how to do any of this stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I've never decommissioned equipment. You know, I have a mechanical background, yeah. but, like, a lot different of a story. Like, you have to have and cranes I'm, and, like— I'm sure everyone here that—everyone who's listening to this or watching has been at a brewery at some point— so we know there's there's a lot of pipes and stuff involved with uh, brewing equipment. Yeah, so. and you, you can't imagine how much masking tape I ripped through, like <laughs> making labeling yeah, everything. labeling everything. Like you know, and like this was you know just before the advent of like smartphones and all that. So I, I took some pictures, but like you know, it's just it it wasn't all there. So I'm like, all right, man, we're gonna figure out. Plus, I was setting it up differently at Lost Rhino. So anyway, it really didn't matter. So we got everything crated up. And, of course, it's dead of August, right? So it's like 1,000 degrees in there. There's no AC, um, no air movement at all. And the fortunate thing was is that um, I was able to buy a box truck and a forklift, which were my lifesavers, really. Like, yeah. that saved the day. And um, we got everything decommissioned and crated up. And, um, uh, again, where do I put it? Because I don't have a place, right? I, I'm too poor still to even... <laughs> Like, you know, I, I couldn't even afford to, like, keep lights on kind of thing. So I decommissioned all the equipment. I found a rental place up where I lived um, near in Pennsylvania. And um, I rented six 18-wheeler trailers to put it all in. Plus, I loaded the box truck with all that piping yeah. and put everything in these 18-wheelers. And I'm like, okay, I still don't have a space, right? Like, so... Um, Ashburn, as as you've been through there, is all under construction all the time. So what I did is I took these 18-wheelers and I would – so and this worked every time, and, and I like to tell the story because I think it's – This is the per- best part. Yeah, so <laughs> – so what I would do is I didn't know how to drive an 18-wheeler, man. I've never been, you know, like, how would I move trailers, right? Yeah. Like, that's sort of an issue. I've got six of them that i got to move around. So what I did is I literally would stop at 7-Eleven. This worked every time, man. So I stopped at 7-Eleven, and I got one of those 30 packs of Coors Light. And I literally went to the first guy that was driving an 18-wheeler. Like, I drive around till I found some dude that was like, 
you know, driving one and I, you know, he's unloading or something. Uh-huh. I tell him my quick story, give him a 30 pack and they moved my trailers every single time. I did that four times in a row. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. It's ridiculous, <laughs> man. Like, and I'm so, you know, and what I would do is, so what happened is, is I didn't have a place to put the trailers, right? That's a lot of equipment. So what I would do is I would go find construction parking lots <laughs> <laughs> and like park all these trailers and borrow and the, some space. yeah like borrow because i didn't have space right so like literally like I, I put these trailers in of course eventually the 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 cops would you know catch up and they're like you know eventually they would call the rental company and then the rental company would call me and um so you know I, it happened four times so i had to move these trailers to abandoned parking <laughs> lots four times and eventually I found a sign where we are now. It just said for lease. Didn't have a broker, none of that. So I drove up here. There are places here in Frederick. Um, St. John Properties are right up the road here. And I showed up at their building like, hey, man, you know, I, I'm interested in, like, leasing some space. I've already got some stuff yeah, there. Yeah, I've got some. <laughs> yeah, i got a lot of stuff sitting around that I need put in. And it was really – I was very fortunate, really, is that um, the, the owner of um, – of St. John Properties, um, daughter was working there at the time. And um, I was very fortunate enough to where, you know, I went in, again, no agents, no nothing, and went in and talked to her. And Were I you just, carrying an extra 30-pack with yeah, you? Well, I, I <laughs> yeah, I should have. Yeah, I should have brought the 30-pack there. and But it was really cool. Like, I sat down with her, and I basically explained my story. I said, I have no money to get started. Like, here's the deal. I'm going to be raising it as I go along. And She's like, you know what? I love beer and I like the story, so I'm going to give you a chance. And that's uh, so she was very fortunate. You know, she was very um, gracious enough to give us a space and the keys. I unloaded the the 18 wheelers finally, and it was on after that, man. And and we've been raising, you know, we raised the capital as we went along, kind of deal. And um, we've been going ever since. It's been uh, that was 2009, man. Like so, that was uh, back in the day. And of course, like I finally got all the equipment unload, like in you know, November. And, um, then we got that, like, I've got it all unloaded. I'm like, this is great. And then we got that massive snow. I was just going to say, that was about to say so that. Was like, was... So the roof deflects all the way out. And I'm like, if this thing collapses after I got all this equipment finally in the building, but, um, and anyone who wasn't in this area at that time, yeah, was it crazy. wasn't just a snowstorm. Yeah. It was, I don't know how bad it was down there, but at least in Frederick, it was like 30 inches Followed up by a week later, 36 inches yeah, yeah. of snow. Yeah, so, so we were up to almost six feet of snow. And, yeah, it's about the same way it was down there. And, and of course, the the first one, it t- a lot of it had turned to ice. So, like, it, you know, it had put so much stress on the roof lines. And I'm like, man, like, that would be ridiculous, like, yeah. if I finally got all this. But um, the roof did hold up, and uh, we were able to, you know, set up equipment as we went along. It took almost a – Took almost a year, year and a couple months to get everything up and running, and you know have enough money to keep the lights on and keep things moving. And we started making root beer um, before we got our TTB license, and then um, we sort of jumped in with Rhino Chasers. Was our first beer. So, so I did watch. Actually, so I lied. I put in about five minutes worth okay. of research. <laughs> Thanks. I, appreciate I, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I watched an interview from 2011. Where you said oh, that the way you got into brewing is that you were the only one at Old Dominion that was willing to brew root beer. Uh, that is a true story. <laughs> and unfortunately, I've brewed so much root beer. That you you're know, now the one that refuses to yeah, brew. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy. Like, <laughs> you know, I brew because that was my only way into the brew house. And, 
I want to get myself familiar with the yeah, equipment. That's smart, so, though. Yeah. Do, and, do what no one else is willing to do. Yeah. So I did tours and uh, root beer on the weekends because nobody else wanted to do any of that mess. So I'm like, I'll do it. So I worked my regular shift. And plus, it was some overtime. So I'm like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll do that, too. So, um, yeah. So Saturdays, I would brew 6,200 gallons of root beer um, every second. Uh, so every other Saturday for three years or whatever it was. So. Um, I mean, I've unloaded like we could we didn't have enough water. It's one point where I was unloading water out of water trucks, like, you know, <laughs> things that like I'm, I don't even know what to do. Like you just have to figure it out. But um, but, yeah, I've brewed my my fair share. I kept the dentist um, in business uh, <laughs> down in my area, man. That's for sure. So so Lost Rhino really there was a lot of perfect timing. A lot of luck. Lots of luck um, yeah. Some thanks to AB and Bev for being access to a system you already knew for. Yeah, a, yeah. If I remember, right, it was right. a, like at a good price, a really yeah, good yeah, price yeah, too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and course, yeah, know, for right, right. bribing uh, truckers. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. They were all important. Roles, that is so. the bedrock of uh, that's, Lost Rhino. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So yeah, we sort of built it off their their back, so <laughs> it worked out. But. So where did the name come from? Because and I don't know a lot about Virginia, but I'm pretty sure there aren't any rhinos in Virginia. Or sur- yeah, well, yes, that's a true or story. surfboard or yeah, in our area, surfing yeah. rhinos. Yeah. Or- <laughs> <laughs> right, either, any of those things. Yeah. yeah so, um, uh, lost rhino. So as I mentioned uh, earlier, is that our first beer was Rhino Chasers Pilsner, and Rhino Chasers actually was a an existing brand back in the early '90s. Um, and Rhino Chasers actually had, you know, six or seven different types of beers that existed back in like, I'm talking like the early 90s. Um, and they're a marketing group and they were, so they, they had sold out and they were long gone. So I looked up the name, I was able to get it. So Rhino Chasers actually is slang for big wave surfers in Southern California okay. because the waves look like rhino horns, right? And those are the guys that are always looking for the next big wave, the next new adventure kind of thing. So there, there's a group of, of people that, that are called rhino chasers, right? And they're usually big wave surfers. But anyway, so that marketing group was out of Huntington Beach, California. And so it, I was able to grab the name, and I really liked, like, the rhino. I just loved it. Like, and I, I was able to go to school out there and brew out there, and, and I just loved the vibe and everything. It was just it was awesome. So um, I had a marketing group come up uh, with a, a logo, and I, I wanted it simple, right, like super simple and easy to remember. I didn't want a complicated logo and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, because you always think of, like, Nike and Under Armour. Like, they're all just super yeah. easy and simple, and there's not much to them. And so, it's infinitely cheaper for any merchandise that you create. Right, right. That's a, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because there's not a lot of detail yeah, on everything. And there's only – if there's one color and <laughs> – Right, just real easy, man, and just simple. And so what they did is uh, this marketing group, you know, I told them about Rhino Chase. So I'm like, just send me something. I don't want to give you any, you know, insight or anything. And um, they sent me back a Rhino with a surfboard. I'm like – that's about as simple as it can be, man. So, and I really liked it. I'm like, you know, so we started brewing that, like, excuse me, off of like, you know, brew pubs and local area brew pubs. We started making rhino chasers and we became known as the rhino guys. And I'm like, that's sort of cool. Still didn't have a name yet. And I'm like, you know what? I think I want, because rhino chasers, that was my original logo for the rhino chasers beer, Bilsner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why don't we 
try to keep that in the name. And I'm like, okay, well, we're nowhere near an ocean. First of all, you know, I'm in the middle of Ashburn. So why don't we, and he's a rhino with a surfboard. So why don't we just call him the lost rhino? So that's sort of like where that came from. And it, and it's like finding your next adventure and just uh, something exciting and fun and different. And I thought it was unique enough to where in our area where, you know, we're not, a you know, a, a you know, a local, like we're not called Loudoun County Brewing Company or Ashburn yeah. Brewing Company. Like we wanted just to be something different that we could go into anywhere and, and be relevant. And that's what I thought was important initially. I didn't want to pigeon, like even back then, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into a specific place because eventually I wanted to get to the beach, you know, so. And especially, I mean, like at that time, yeah, the, the business model of living off of a tap room what wasn't even a thought no, of no. How, how you would yeah, how yeah. you would build a brewery yeah yeah no it wasn't at all and and the tap room like you know it, obviously it's it's helped us you know along the way but um and an important part to what we did but we ultimately went in it as production we never we, you know we didn't expect it the tasting room to take off which it did but you know it was one of those things where it's the pretzels that you have yeah the, the pretzels and the, the and the I, I was gonna say this this is a perfect segue to actually first we'll take a break to yep. um thank our sponsors that sure. make the uncapped podcast possible um that's if graham's ready because i kind of sprung that really quickly <laughs> A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook, and check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. And thank you to our supporting sponsor, Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions. Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions has been serving the craft beverage industry since 2012 and prides itself in helping their customers excel in a constantly growing industry. From concept to cooler, Caps offers solutions to your packaging needs, providing mobile bottling services, technical support, cake repair, rental bright tanks, and much more. It is their goal to help you grow your brand and your business and make your product stand out. Be different, look different. For more information, visit capsbottles.com. All right, so now it's actually a perfect segue to let Tanya actually say something now. Oh, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I can take so, a break. So we'll, <laughs> we're, we're going to force you to talk now. Okay. Um, so one of uh, definitely a, a I'm not sure that a key part of the the tap the tap room right now is the chalk art on I the walls. Agree. Um yes. and that's all done by Tanya, aka at Chalkaholic on Instagram to w- look at her amazing artwork. So how did you end up falling into doing that? Because I often wonder that because there's so many breweries that have like chalk art as a fixture. So I've always wondered like how how do you get into chalk art? About 17 years ago, I worked downtown Frederick at uh, Brewer's Alley, and we did chalkboard menus for In the Street, and that's where it all started. And I just fell in love with that, and, you know, all these years later, I found another brewery that needed chalk art, and so that's where I am now. So did you do the, 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 like, 
a board thing that they had out in the no we just had giant menu boards that i did and everyone really loved them a lot and i just remembered that you know when i finally ended up in ashburn and found lost rhino so so if you're if you're watching live you're seeing some of the um some of it now which i I really love the one it's showing now is the pug because i (laughs) i have a half dead pug now (laughs) um (laughs) is so is that a pet Mm-hmm. Yeah, his name's Bruce. Is that yours? Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So um, Bruce is uh, he was named after my kids actually named him. He's named after the shark in Finding Nemo. So <laughs> I have a pug named Stewie, Stewie? after Stewie oh, from Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, that's awesome. He's thirteen and not one hundred percent there. <laughs> he's, oh. He is a grumpy old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think Graham is going to show uh, your Instagram feed to as as we're talking to show some of the other artwork you've done. So do you ever worry that someone's going to come in there with like a squirt gun and just go crazy <laughs> on the people, like every, people actually touch the boards all the time. So there's it, little finger swipes okay. on most of yeah, most of my work. Does that drive you crazy it or doesn't. you just come to the point to accept that people can't I completely keep their hands accept it. It's a kind of a compliment if they don't think it's real then that's pretty neat. Well, I did notice, though, like the more intricate, really good ones are up pretty high. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that by design? Yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so how long does it take to do one of those? Because I have like my artistic talent stops just shy of stick figures. So like, in my mind, I have no idea how long like something like the pug would take to make. The pug was probably the longest ever I have no idea how long that took me <laughs> but most of the four foot by eight four foot boards take about 11 hours or so it's really intense I usually yeah. need a couple days to recover after it <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but that's like probably very like stiff arms sore shoulders afterwards and... yeah I listen to music the whole time and get right into a zone so hours go by without even realizing it so what do you listen to to while uh, you're... I listen to a lot of punk rock okay descendants my favorite <laughs> She listened to podcasts. They're yeah. pretty popular. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you should come out with a chalk art themed beer. That's like the the label <laughs> like sim- is is done like as is one of her uh, projects. Mm-hmm. That would look That's very cool. I don't think idea. I totally agree. That's a really good idea. I don't because th- I don't think I've seen that at all. Although I mean, with seven, yeah, 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 <laughs> with right. seven thousand breweries or yeah, whatever there is whatever now across is the now. country, right, I'm sure right. that there is some right, <laughs> someone right. who has done something right. along those lines. A chocoholic beer would be pretty awesome. There you go. <laughs> I, I won't even charge you for that. Yeah, I no, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> Make sure we bring you up some too. So, so and you um you said you you kind of just do across the board. Uh, everything uh, well basically anything that you're asked to at the brewery so pretty much yeah. how long have you been there um about six years now mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I started off bartending and managing and doing some chalk and it just kind of blew up and then we opened um Lost Rhino Retreat and so there's two locations that need chalk which okay. is a lot of work and then I help with events and I've managed and helped out in the tasting room a lot because I know a lot about that part so yeah, I've have, I haven't made it to the retreat yet. I need to go there. But the I've been to the brewery like three or four times. Mm-hmm. Um and definitely one thing about their your staff is amazing. Thank they you. are some of the nicest, just super friendly people ever. Yeah, I just I think it's yeah, I totally agree, obviously. And I think that um it's super important. I think especially nowadays, like you've got to have that 
you've got to have that engagement, you know, and I think that's important. So. And I feel, I feel horrible. I can't remember her name now, but she's very into glitter and sparkly things. She Melissa. Was, uh, yes, Melissa. Yes. Melissa. Yeah. She we has, know all about yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has personality for days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She's from New Jersey and, um, and she's been an awesome asset for us. And, um, Yes, and she she even makes her own glitter shirts with our logo <laughs> yeah. on it. Like bedazzled. She, yeah, bedazzled, man. She puts a, <laughs> a new name on that deal, man. So <laughs> it, she even um, we had our graph in house graphic designer do business cards for her and their glitter business cards. Yeah, she gave me one oh, at, the, at the <laughs> um, the event at yeah, Vanish exactly. when. She, yeah, yeah, I got one of her cards there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's been great. So definitely, definitely an asset. So so let's let's talk. Um, take a break from the brewery and, and you yeah, guys man. in general, and talk yeah. about this beer right now that we've been drinking because yep. this is really good. Um, Thank you. And you, so is it says level six. Mm-hmm. So does that mean there, is this multiple versions of this beer? It's this? Uh, the sixth year. So okay. every year is a new level. So we have level one through six and. It was designed specifically for, um, you know, we're in a in our area down there. Um, it's just loaded with data centers and coders. And I learned that seventy percent of uh, the U.S.'s internet traffic yep. goes through Loudoun County, yep, yep. and Loudoun County seems to be very, very proud of that. Yes, um, shuttles <laughs> right through Ashburn. So, so what we wanted to do is sort of a, a shout out to those those people in general, and. Um, and that was a while ago, right? So, um, you know, we're on our sixth year with it. And um, MIG was designed, my imaginary girlfriend is, is how it was. And the original graphics were a little bit more graphic than, than these <laughs> were. Um, you know, we've definitely toned it down a little bit over the years. But um, the original one was a, uh, basically, I've got to tell everybody now that I'm running my mouth about it. So, um, yeah, so basically it was a gamer that was sitting down and it's supposed to be in his mom's basement and um, it's dark, but the glow of the TV is sort of glowing his face as he's playing games and he's got a couch behind him and he's got his blow up doll is sitting <laughs> on the couch, right? So, and that, that went on for what, a couple of years, I think. And then we started toning it back over the years, you know, but but again, it was just something fun that we wanted to do. I like the one with um, the guy with carpal tunnel. That's a <laughs> yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah, that was the third or fourth year. So, um, but yeah, it's just something fun that we'd like to do. Oh, there's the blow up doll one. Yep, there. Yeah, so <laughs> it doesn't take much to, to, to find. So the internet never forgets. Yep, no, it doesn't. A so. little bit of weird science. Going yeah, on weird science. It was just. It was something fun that we wanted to to do and um again a shout out to all those guys you know a lot of we have a lot of like um xbox and ps4 guys um that code that are right right in ashburn so um you know we we try to do um this beer for for them or a shout out to them and um again that this actually is is uh, out of all of my beers this is the most popular release that we have um and and AOL used to be there, so yeah. you could pour one out for AOL. Yeah, AOL, <laughs> man. Those guys like to party, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> like, they were right up the road, and you already knew. Like, I we used to we used to bring beer to their events, and it's oh, no cool. joke, man. Like, those guys like to party. So, um, <laughs> and they, they don't spare any expense when they're partying either. That, so. that may have been their downfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they went out on a, on a high note, that's for <laughs> sure, man. So, 
anyway, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And again, we just continue this beer every year. We didn't we missed the canning year last year, but this year um, we canned it up. We bottled it up, I think, last year. But this year we wanted to to, to bring it back in with cans. And so do you both do you bottle and can? Yes, yeah, so we do both um, on premise. Um, actually. Um, backup beverage here in Frederick just bought some MIGs, so they're going to be it'll be available here in Frederick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's coming up. We're pretty excited about that. We just literally, like over the last um, you know six months or so, we're pushing into Maryland. So yeah, I was gonna. That's I was what I was about to ask because it, it I I don't make it to um, liquor stores that often. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but I I knew you were in. Frederick, because I yeah, had picked up um, Faceplant. Yeah, has yeah, been yeah. One of my favorite sure, IPAs. Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, for a long time, because I used to mountain bike a decent amount before I got extremely out of shape. Um, so I just I love the the yeah, name yeah. and right, the graphic right. of right, the because right, right, right. I used to I spent a lot of time doing Faceplant. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> and trust me, like this is something like I never. It drives me crazy, but like you know, I'm in the tasting room or whatever. Like, hey man, check out this picture. It's it's our face plan. It's some dude that bounces face off a rock. I'm like, I don't want to see that, man. Like, <laughs> don't show me that. Like, I don't, I don't need to see any of that. So, anyway, I've seen more pictures than you can imagine, honestly. So, and, so do you regret that? Yeah, name yeah. I'm just like, oh god. Like so, but anyway, it's cool. Like they're really engaged with it. But um, we we do sponsor some mountain bike runs um, as far out as like Front Royal and places like that. Um, they do mud runs, but they do bike runs and downhill runs and stuff like that. And, and we've been part of that community for a while now just because of the faceplant name. And, and we do bike jerseys with that. And it just, oh, cool. you know, so. Well, you kind of have to. Yeah, you kind of have to, man. You, you sort of do. So um, anyway, they we've been doing that for a while now, and it's just been fun, you know. So so were you are, were you a mountain biker or was it just a name? Uh, yeah, so uh, I do have a downhill mountain bike and i i have brought it to seven springs and almost died a couple of different times um we love seven springs yeah yeah. i actually got fired from a job once because of seven springs oh really yeah i um i had and i (laughs) (laughs) i actually i I planned on doing this as a seven springs ad once because we do seven springs ads every once in a while um so i was working at this car dealership that um the owners were just awful people Mm -hmm. and they so i i didn't want to work there anymore but i didn't want to quit so yeah, i kind of sure. just like quit without the, going through the process yeah, yeah, of yeah, quitting yeah. right but i had i had um messed my ankle up real bad playing basketball mm-hmm. and so and it was like a few months before i was working there and i i told the owner of the the dealership that well actually no we'll go a little bit further back my one of my good friends who worked with me told me he his shift was over mm-hmm. we were a lot attendants and detailers right 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 <clears throat> that he was heading to seven springs to uh go mountain biking mm-hmm. because they were letting people on the um it was like the nationals were sure. at seven spring that year yeah, so they were yeah. letting people ride the course awesome. before they started yeah yeah and i was like man i want to go and he's <laughs> like well come with me i was like okay so i went <laughs> i went and told the boss that um I needed to go home that my ankle hurt really bad. So as I'm walking out, uh, one of my other coworkers was like, hey, where are you going? You just started. I was like, oh, Mark just fired me. And I just kept walking. <laughs> so he went into, it was actually the owner's son, the owner's son's office. I was like, why would you fire him? We were short-staffed already. So he called my house oh, because this was before cell phones. Yeah, yeah. And 
asked for me, and my mom told him I had just gone to Seven Springs to go mountain biking. <laughs> so the Busted, next, man. so the next day, he was like, "So how's your ankle?" I was like, "Oh, it's, it's much better now." He's like, "So how was mountain biking?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it was really fun." Yeah, and he was like, not... "Well, I thought your ankle hurt." I was like, "I don't use my ankles when I mountain bike." <laughs> it was like, "See, there you it go, was like man. the following week, I, right, knew, right, I was right. liberated from my employment. <laughs> yeah. Liberated. No, that's good, man. That's a good story, actually." <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was definitely a lot of fun because you know they let you put your bikes right on the lift, yeah. And like, and and they bring you all the way to the top, man. And it's no joke. Yeah. Like you got to be paying attention, or you could really eat it. You know, going. Oh, down. I did, but, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I came really close because my brakes, I guess, overheated, and like so they just stop working. They they don't work anymore once they overheat. And um, but it was uh, it was fun though. It was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and it was super scary. When so. I was riding, it was like. I had a full rigid uh, pad brakes. And, like it was before I had anything. Oh nice yeah, and... yeah, yeah. I had like a. I actually got a bonus from uh, Old Dominion and bought a uh, Kona, which was a. Like, that's a what Kona I had. Bike. Oh yeah. no, no. That that's what that was the next. But that was the first good bike I bought. Was yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A Kona. Um, Mine was a Coiler Deluxe, so it was just you know it was one of those things that had like you know the the. 12 inch suspension yeah. and all that craziness but that doesn't matter like when you're going that fast yeah, now, like it doesn't cool. make any difference like as long as you just survive getting down to the bottom that's all that matters but anyway that's crazy yeah it was fun. It's, it's a fun place it is fun yeah yeah there's um just short of here too there's a uh gravity soul they have oh, a dual solemn at a farm in emmitsburg oh really yeah they have wow. a big course and that's they have a section awesome. that you have to like if they don't know you that, that you actually can ride they make you sign waivers and stuff <laughs> right, they, right. they created like a section of it that is wow. for advanced <laughs> level yeah yeah riders. yeah that's pretty awesome man sounds fun so how your um your beer names are pretty different from each other's <laughs> yes. so how how do you come up with story. with your beer names is it just you make something whatever <laughs> comes to mind or you put a lot of thought into it. Um, yeah, I mean, our our initial beers, like the the initial runs, um, like the 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 face plan and the the pilsner and like all those, you know, were were thought out. <laughs> um, and then you know, and then we got into a little bit of a habit for a while of letting like some of the brewers, you know, like you know, put names on them. And then we had um, people that were super creative and people that had um, like just. Like, they could make a killer beer, and it'd be the best beer you ever had, but no creativity for name. Like, they were like, <laughs> just call it brown beer. Like, they, they you know, it's a, so, you know, some of our names, you know, evolved out of that. And some names, like, I was trying to get away from, but we got locked into them. A really good example of that, and I'll bring this up since we're here, is um, uh, Tamavi, right? So, Tamavi, nobody liked the name. It drove everybody crazy. It was just went on and on and on, right? So eventually, I'm like, okay, we're let's just scrap the name, right? So Tamavi is just basically dark in Czech, right? So it's it's a Czech style lager, and that's it's dark. it's dark, right? So that's <laughs> what it named. So so I was like, okay, well, we need to come up with a creative name and make it fun and different and everything. But what happened was Tamavi became one of our top sellers because it's it's actually a really solid, you know, dark lager. And, and we started selling a lot more and then we were almost too far down the pipeline now to like change the name and then nobody would understand it. And no, like Tanya knows. It's too well known now. Yeah. It's too well known. (laughs) So it's like, 
and and Tanya knows this more than anyone, is that everybody calls it anything but Tamavi. So it's Mavi. T maybe or <laughs> maybe They'll just tea. say, Can I have the dark check logger? Yeah, they won't yeah. even try to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, they won't even attempt it, so. man. So But now they know how. Yeah. They know how to yeah. pronounce it now. Took a few years, but they figured it out. But um so yeah, a lot of the names like the MIG obviously is just something like you know we it has nothing to do with like the brand yeah. or like whatever. It's just something that is dedicated. But again, a lot of our brands are just stylistic names type thing. Hop eventually. shove it is one of my faves. Yeah, hop shove it. You can talk it's like about after a skateboard trick, the pop shove it. So it's skateboard themed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. coming out soon actually. Two weeks actually. Yeah. So it's our it's, fresh hot beer. Yeah, so, oh, nice. So we literally like, like go down. Those we, those seem to have died off for a while. Yeah, and they're coming, making more of a comeback. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And we did a uh, so we all went out like you physically got to go out and pick the hops. And, it like, has to be what, within twenty four hours. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. So you got to have like the brew rolling, and then you got to get the the hops in. And so we have um, it's coming out in two weeks. So we um, you know you put a hundred pounds of fresh hops poured into the kettle and like you know and and um you let it ferment out and it's just a it, it turned it it's actually really amazing it's a, a really good beer but it's all fresh hopped and you know it's just is uh farm to table as you could possibly be <laughs> in the beer industry so it but it was a lot of fun though like the the farm is local you know within two hours and um just a, a great place to be so and then you have rinaldo that's yep, a cool rinaldo name. yeah <laughs> Yeah, so um, we were neck deep in the World Cup when that was all rolling along. So it was named after one of the yeah. See, and our graphic designer Logan can turn anything into a rhino. Yeah, it's so pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. Whatever you can think of. Well, it's, so, a, it's a good thing you found someone with that very specific talent. Super no, yeah, talented. yeah, yeah. He's very. He's really good with Photoshop too. So. But um, yeah, so we uh, we were neck deep in the World Cup and want to do something fun for our anniversary beer, which was our seven year production anniversary beer was a Ronaldo and we're like okay well the World Cup's going on so we'll do a shout out to to those guys and then um and then it was a brute brute beer so it was um you know it was designed as a champagne beer which was different like we had not done that yet at the brewery so um just a super carbonated super dry I only learned like maybe two months ago that that style even existed i didn't you know honestly i didn't know either i'm like that sounds great like let's try it out like you know because you you know there's new styles popping yeah. up all the time and uh champagne style beer um it, it worked out i heard it's, somebody's used that tagline champagne of beers or something but there's someone that, yeah <laughs> one of those guys some small brewery yeah, some out brewery, yeah. out in the midwest I yeah think. i think so yeah they're um it seems like that style seems like it's almost like the anti uh, New England hazy beer trend. Like, to... yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely. So, do you guys get into that at all? Or... We haven't jumped into that boat yet. I think that um, you know we're very like I try not to be like you know because there's so many styles that like pop up and then they're gone again yeah. and, like that quickly. And um, we didn't want to get too far onto that path. So we tried to stay with styles that are solid, something we could have some real creative input on. And we didn't want to sort of jump in that boat right away. Um, and, you know, there are plenty of them that are doing very well, like the, the big fruity, juicy, whatever they, they, you know, the juicy, you know, yeasty beers. I'm yeah. like, that's great. And they work out for some. But, um, you know, then you spend 
the next day in the bathroom most of the day, you know, because, <laughs> you know, because of the, the, you know, but we try to, you know, stay away from that at least initially. Did I say that on air? So no, nah, no one's listening. Yeah, nobody's listening. That's cool. So. Um, what about uh, the other very popular trend now? Sour kettle souring or even natural fermentation do you get into that at all yeah we're neck deep in that we've been in uh we've been in that um almost since we started so um almost six years now uh we've been doing souring aging program and um we have alex which is our our um barrel master back there and he is specific on um sour beers so we have a wide range of different barrels that we use um as as local as wineries um we'll we'll do some collaboration work with some local wineries, grab their barrels, put beer in them. We'll sour them out with Brett or, or whatever, you know, whatever yeast strains that we, you know, some wild yeast strains that we use as well. And, you know, we'll sour them up and then we'll package them up and, and get them out the door. But, um, I mean, yeah, we've been doing that for quite a long time now. Do you have that? Is that in a, like a walled off separate section of the brewery or are you sort of the camp that you're not, super worried about no, that I, you feel like processes no and... no I, I don't yeah i don't want to yeah I, I think it's the really i think that that's what adds some of the characteristic to sours is the area that it's in right yeah. so um with the brewery no so it's just sitting literally open in the second room you know they're in barrels yeah. but like they're not they're not in some protected lab type environment at all and, um, you know, I've seen breweries that go on both extremes. And I think you start losing some of the, the natural characteristics of sours, which make them important because, you know, you can go to different parts of the U.S. and try different sours. And it could be the exact same style. It could taste completely different. So. Yeah, I found it very interesting that, that the two camps that brewers fall into. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. the ones that are just so petrified that they'll infect the brew house oh, or the rest of the yeah. brewery that it's, yeah, yeah. like you said, locked up down yeah, the street yeah. in another place. And then, like, we were at Triple Crossing, who right next to a room right off of their, their brew house mm. is their cool ship. Right. Like, right. So, like, right, right. It's, get more open than that. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. it's all growing right there. Next yeah, to, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the people on the tour was like, so are you worried that you're going to contaminate the, the right. rest of your breweries? Like, well, of course I worry about it, but yeah, we have yeah. processes in place. Right. Nothing touches this side to that side. Yeah, we mean, have special, like, equipment is dedicated to each one's. We're just careful. Right, yeah, and we are too. Like, we, we do have, like, separate hoses and stuff to, like, move the beer around yeah. and all that. We have those processes in play. But um, as far as, like, that section of the brewery, we just have it, you know, open. Like, we don't, you know, get it into a lab-type environment, like, at all. So There's quality control. Yeah, a lot, of, lot of quality yeah. control. We have an on-site lab, um, and Melissa is, is heads of the lab up, and um, she helps us with the, the medias to ensure that, you know, our QDs are where they need to be as far as, like, you know, all of these beers compared to the sours and making sure that we're not having those contamination issues. Or cross contamination. So, so uh, for since you do both, how do you decide what you're going to can and what you're going to bottle? Yeah. So we um, uh, really what it is like a lot of people like we get plenty of requests as you can imagine of yeah. like what they think should be canned and bottled. Now all the sours, obviously, like we we try to push those into the the 750 milliliter bottles with the cork and the wax and the whole nine yeah. parts because it's a different type of product, but 
Then with the cans, though, um, we try to stay with our core products, which are like the face plan, the Pilsner. Mm-hmm. But then, um, you know, the fun things like the the Dawn Patrol, some of our seasonal items and our limited release items, I think are relevant package stores, you know, because the, the liquor stores and the mom and pops can carry these and carry them efficiently. Speaking you know, of that, so. I'll pour some Dawn Patrol yeah, while yeah. you're talking. Yeah, it's it's looks like it's nice and cold still, so... Um, so the Dawn Patrol has definitely been a, a solid beer for us, and we've actually been uh, doing pretty well here locally, um, even in the Maryland area, um, with Dawn Patrol because it's just a real easy drinking session beer. And when it's a, a lot of breweries have given up on session IPAs, I'm sorry so to hear that. So that's yeah, just it's I really the, popular. The yeah, it actually, yeah. So the the Dawn Patrol looks a little carbonated, but. Um, yeah, so the, the Dawn Patrol is just a, a real easy drinking session IPA, and um, we try to tone it down so that, you know, you could have a couple of beers at lunch and then survive the rest of the day without having to take a nap. So that was <laughs> that was this p- part of the reason behind this beer, you know. And Dawn Patrol is what, in its fourth year, I think, fourth or fifth year. Um, we've had that around, and you can tell them actually about the, the name, Dawn Patrol. Tanya came up with the name and helped with our graphic artist with the artwork. So I did the artwork. Yeah, yeah. Tanya did the artwork. The original design, and then Logan... Hold the, hold the can up while you're talking about it. Logan did it so that it would wrap around the can, Cheers. so it's kind of a combination of Logan and I. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, um, Flying Dog stopped selling their, um, their Easy IPA. Right. Um, there's a couple other places. I think... Founders, though, I believe, still s- says they sell a ton of the all-day IPA. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Founders is really big in our area. and uh, was That's it, a good one. What's the Oscar Blues, the the two-penny or – shoot, I, I forgot. But anyway, <laughs> so – but anyway, we compete with those guys, whatever the, the session is. But um, uh, anyway, we just wanted to do something that was light and easy drinking – so you know a little dry on the dry side but a little bit of residual of the citrus you know from the hops the cans do great in the summer too because you can take them on the beach to the pool you know i don't understand why um there's so much hatred for session ipas because i I like i have absolutely no tolerance for alcohol somehow like for (laughs) right 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 and so like if I want to have a few beers, I want like and that's I want to enjoy to, them. Yeah, I want to enjoy them and like not be <laughs> not staggering. Out. Yeah. And so like when session IPAs came out, and this this is a great one. I really like this. Um, it it was like because in IPAs have always been my favorite right. um, style, it, and so it's one of the reasons I love Gozas now, right? Because it's right. another style like all three four percent. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's like an Irish stout on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. You can drink all day and right. still and hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it. You know, you can enjoy your day as opposed to drinking, you know, a couple, three of the six plus percent and you're on your neck and then you don't remember the rest of the like evening. Face like face plant. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is it? Meg is pretty high, I bet, right? Um, so it's in the six. the six, mid six. So it's a little bit higher, but... Um, it's double dry hopped, so there's a there's a lot of hops jammed into that beer. Um, it's a little bit over double what Faceplant is, but it's a solid beer though. It's definitely been sought after for a while. So when you started, there 
probably how many other breweries were there in Loudoun County? Oh, there was none. Okay, I was gonna say yeah, I, there you there were like any. the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even and and I had a delay, so like you know I was you know it took me like I said almost a year. Like you know Old Dominion, I'm very fortunate because I know my brew house is super old school and like there's a lot of levers there's no ipads attached to it (laughs) but like you know at the end of the day though i mean people don't understand and i mentioned this on the tour that that thing's been making beer since 1989 or 88 you know like so people don't uh, they're like what do you mean like i'm like no ashburn in general was one of the pioneers for craft brewing as a whole like bell's brewing company spun off of that um new belgian like all these groups like people just don't know like you know these guys came in to train on this brew house before they got started i had no idea yeah i mean like it's been a you know victory was another one like all those breweries sprung off of old dominion back in the day so like all those guys worked at at old dominion so yeah it's just like a lot of people just don't know that like and these are all big massive breweries now but like um you know i think that uh a lot of people just don't understand that 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 brew house in general was a foundation for a lot of those groups, you know, so it's definitely been, uh, definitely been exciting and a crazy ride to say the least, but there's, um, the, I've like completely lost what I was going to say. Oh, I'd love to see like an infographic made of like the I, family trees oh, yeah, of different yeah. breweries. Yeah. And you'd be surprised <laughs> how many stem from that area, you know, so. Yeah, because I mean, you just listed some of the huge the, ones. Yeah, they're that, big. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That are born from there, right. and then like those ones, like who knows how many breweries were started sprung from off of sprung them. off of them? Because yeah, yeah. it like Flying Dog. There's, right. I mean, I think now maybe seven or so breweries that have been started by people who started Left out there. brewing yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, when when old dominion was going was what frederick brewing or something yeah blue frederick Go- brewing company yeah. and then uh blue goose or Go- goose goose island no not, not, not goose, goose island that's the other wild, wild goose. goose that's right it was something with goose in it so anyway but yeah so i, I know it had gone through some which is now back but, oh is it yeah someone um what someone someone on easter shore bought all of the um rights to everything really and, yeah and i think wow. that like they're making snow goose again and, really yeah man that's old school right there. <laughs> snow goose so you were never there though right no no it's i a... never worked there um i would crash some of their parties but i, I was literally <laughs> never there no i never worked there i had some of my colleagues um that worked there temporarily but they were shift brewers over there for a while so um, and I knew some of them, and they went on to start their own deal, right? So it was pretty cool, though. Still cool to watch. So what is the main difference you see between the industry when you started to right now? Is it easier now? Is it harder now? Like, I don't know. I guess um, it's a loaded question, I think. <laughs> I think that um, at the end of the day, though, I think that – I guess my, my biggest, uh, the challenge, I think, ultimately for craft brewing is going to be to ensure that craft beer as a whole doesn't become diluted. You know what I mean? The culture. Yeah. And I think that that's super important. That was one of the reason, main reasons I got into it because I love the culture. I love the creativity. I love the camaraderie. I love all that stuff. I think that that was super important, ultimately. And I guess I just, I'm afraid that, 
it's start, starting, you know, it eventually it'll become too diluted for the, the amount of people that are in the industry. They're trying to jump in, you know, and you have the mixture, right? You got the mixture of both. You've got the people that um, really are committed to the brand and they, they want to be part of the culture and they want to grow it. And then you've got the guys that are in here for a buck, man. And then yeah. it's just a very different, it's a very different way to look at, at the industry as a whole. So, so do you see that from both, internal to the industry and externally or are you talking mainly just within the industry i think just mainly within the industry but um you're i think that you know long term you're going to see um consolidation i think that you're going to see like the bigger medium bigger breweries that begin to to buy up some of the smaller guys you know the the bigger model type um acquisitions i guess you know but but I'm hoping, though, ultimately, that we're able to grow the industry as a whole, as a culture, as opposed to it just getting so diluted that it just becomes bland. And that, that's what I don't want to happen, ultimately. And we work very hard at the brewery to make sure that that doesn't happen. Do you feel like the culture and the camaraderie amongst brewers and brewery owners is close to the same as it was or has it started to I think it's, it's shift di- away yeah, already? I think it's I think it's shifted, but I think that um I don't let it like I don't really care if yeah. people um wanna collaborate with me or not. Like, you know, uh, on any level really, like I'll sort of like say, Okay, you know, the doors are open, like whether you think I'm a big competitor or not or or the other like I really don't care like if they want to if they want to look at the and view it as competition then that's fine but I think that at the end of the day our doors are always open they have been and like we've really worked hard to to help start start a lot of the local guys that are going to get started without my help you know without me or with me and and I've tried to create that environment where you know, we can help and assist them because I don't want them ultimately to damage craft as a whole because somebody's putting out bad products somewhere. Yeah. Because like if you're uh, some dude that's never tasted craft beer and you've ever, you've only drank Miller Lite and you go to a craft brewery and it tastes like crap, then you're going to be like, well, what's the whole big deal? Why am I paying six bucks or yeah. seven bucks for a beer when I can buy a six pack for that? Well, so. I remember it was even like six years ago, uh, yeah. maybe longer. It was a panel discussion at a, an event that Flying Dog was having. And that was one of the um, things that a Flying Dog employee said that they felt was one of the number one issues in craft beer was quality. And that that was going to continue to be the number one issue sure. is to make sure that even if there's a, they're a competitor, that they're putting out a quality product That's- because it could hurt the overall the overall industry yeah, yeah. locally if someone is not putting out as good of a product. As yeah, we don't want to be perceived as just pumping out bad beer, and that's, you know, ultimately the goal is to be able to protect that, the craft as a name, you know. So I agree. I totally agree. Do you that. do a lot of collaboration beers with other breweries? Yeah, we we, um, we certainly try. We did the uh, the first, um, and Tony can talk more about this, is um, uh, we did a beer called uh, – Versus, so we try to, so we collaborate with um, groups like um, PaleoQuest, who put out Bone Dusters, and you know, um, with you know, fifty million year old yeast strains and stuff like that. But then we also collaborate with groups like um, the Comic Cons, right? So we had a first Comic Con in DC, and you know, we collaborated with Heroic um, when they were starting, and 
um, and we put a beer together and we tried to we try to collaborate with groups that normal. I guess what I'm saying is like we would collaborate with groups that normally wouldn't be exposed to craft beer, right? So, yeah. so like labs and like you know Rhino, you know, or or Comic Cons and like just different environments, you know. So we try to do those types of things, expose craft beer to to people that wouldn't normally set foot in a brewery. You know what I mean? So. So you'll just bring them in and yeah, have force them, have them to hang out and have yeah. fun. Yeah, that's that's what we try to do. So. <laughs> Carry some grain bags. That's around, exactly dump right. Some specialty yep. malt in. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that's that's what makes it fun. We're we're doing a beer called uh, it's um, du- uh, Dotson Dunkel, and it's a it's a a, a Dunkel Vice type beer, and it's a Oktoberfest beer, and. We're pumping it out, and we're doing it for our local community. It's uh, Lovettsville. Um, they have a huge uh, German Oktoberfest every year. It's rated out like it's one of the top-rated Oktoberfests in the country. Oh wow! Like I was shocked. I was like, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize it was that to that level. But um, we're doing a collaboration with them, and again, just to get people exposed to to what we're doing. But Tanya, um, we can talk about the the verses. Because the verses was a lot, a lot of fun. We did a lot of fun with uh, Rhino Con. It was Comic Con, so it's the All Star Comic Con. Yeah, All Star Comic Con. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So um, it's the first Northern Virginia Comic Con, mm-hmm. and it's um, headed by Kevin Bednars and his team um, through out of Ashburn, and we brewed the official beer of the All Star Comic Con. It was a big hit called Verses. So we did glassware, and, you know, everybody awesome. was there at the Comic-Con. It was a blast. It was so much fun. What so, style of beer was it again? Um, so it was just a, a pale ale. Yeah, oh, it was just yeah. a, a pale ale. We, we tried to do, because this was our second year, and we had done a big IPA the first year, and it was too much because, like, you know, those people, like a lot of those people had never even tried craft beer. So and you're shoving a big IPA yeah, in their yeah. face. <laughs> right, right. So we tried to do a real low-key um, uh real low-key easy drinking beer this time you know it's still solid like we sold a lot of it but um it was something that was different and fun you know but so we're getting into that season of um one of the most uh hated and loved styles of beer (laughs) what are your thoughts on pumpkin beer we've had one yeah we did make one one year a pumpkin uh, brown ale yeah it was pumpkin brown yep and uh, we had a pumpkin patch with uh, rhinos in it. It was pretty ridiculous. And um, I don't know. I think that um, if it's done right, it's great. It's one of those few beers that if you, you do too mu- just a little bit too much allspice or ginger or something, it's too over the top and not, you know, it's challenging to drink. Yeah. That was the wrong but, answer. They're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's See, all about what you I like. was trying to be polite, but I was just like, and and we don't make it, so um, that might be the other part of it. But but again, it's just uh, something that um, you know people try to like you know caramelize pumpkins yeah. and put them in the mash. And I'm like, well, it's Pumps. like pumpkin used as a fermentable, like, right? If, right. If it's that type of pumpkin beer, I like. Right. Yeah, if yeah, it, yeah. If it's, if done it's right. just someone dumping a ton of allspice, yeah, and trying to make it <laughs> yeah. taste a like a pumpkin ale. pie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. can't get behind that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. either you love it or you hate it. Yeah, so and that, that's yeah. absolutely true. And then, you know, the the day after Thanksgiving, you'll never sell another one of them, you yeah. know, like because everybody's checked out like at that point. Well, it's because so. they've been in on the shelves since uh, sometimes July. I think for yeah, <laughs> I think they're on the shelf now, so, yeah. which is crazy, man. So, 
Yeah. I agree. Got to try to be the first one to get him on yeah, the show. Yeah, man. You got to. Yeah, man. Eventually, it's just going to be your round at this point. It's like Christmas yeah, decorations. Be, well, there will be uh, pumpkin shipments showing up in <laughs> right, February. Right, right. No, it's <laughs> true, man. It's just like Christmas decorations, right? They're going to be out year they're round. I mean, out. it's just, yeah, they're out now. Like, it's ridiculous. So, you've been around for a long time. So, you've got to have a good answer to this question. We ask everyone, what is the most ridiculous review you've ever received? Ridiculous Where you review. just looked at it and you're like, this is insane. Um, or, on a beer? Or, uh, or just Lost Rhino in general? Um, man, it's a good question. It could be the retreat review from when you opened the retreat. Which one was that? Well, go um, ahead. Tanya has an answer. So already. we remodeled the space. It was all just black. The windows were blocked out. It was like a nightclub. Uh-huh. And we turned it into, you know, wood palettes and artwork and, you know, made it really laid back. And we had a review that just said, you know, you guys ruined everything and we're never coming. And, <laughs> it, you know, it was just a horrible review. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was hilarious. You know what I thought was pretty awesome is that there's a, a brewery out in the Midwest in Ohio that um, takes – all of someone yeah. recently told me about okay, that. But yeah, go, it's go awesome, ahead and man. Finish. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they they take all of the comments and reviews <laughs> and they put them on T-shirts and then sell them. And they're like, "That's our number one seller of T-shirts." And it says like the worst brewery I've ever been to. The beer's disgusting. Worst service. And it says it right on their shirt. That's like, hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious because that that's public knowledge, so yeah. they can print it. So <laughs> I'm like, that's fantastic, man. Like, there's the restaurant that had the A-frame that says, please come in and have the worst soup some guy on Yelp ever had in his life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, <laughs> ever. Like, it's like, great. Yeah, yeah, right. You no, have to it's... read all the reviews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't even look at reviews. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't not, either. It's <laughs> not worth it. No, no it isn't. It, it isn't. Well, even like, so, I've had um, you know, often like uh, brewers will bring up like how someone rates a beer. Like, um, right. I hate IPAs. This one is just as bad. One star. And like, I could definitely feel and sympathize with the annoyance of that. But so I did a collaboration beer with Monocacy Brewing mm-hmm. in town, and with Tom, yeah, with Tom, oh, yeah. and oh, I know. So, yeah. and so Tom let me drive every aspect of that beer. Awesome. We sat down and made the recipe together. Awesome. So I was very invested in that beer, and I foolishly got caught up in reading the like, oh man, yeah, <laughs> reading yeah. the untapped uh, reviews. Right, for him. right. So it was labeled as a tart mango ipa Hmm. and someone gave it a one-star review for being too sour and fruity for their liking yeah but how's their liking (laughs) you know like that i guess and it's in the name it was in the description (laughs) right right it's physically in the description Yeah, it's like you, you'll never win. Like yeah. it, It's just so ridiculous. I so I stopped looking that. at them. Right, right. <laughs> I yeah, describe yeah. that as like, would you go to McDonald's for pizza? I mean, it's right. the same thing. You know, if you're going to drink something you know you're not going to like, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, probably like not going to like it. If the dude doesn't like IPAs and he tries yours and he doesn't like it, why would he give a one star? Why is he... <laughs> What, what, uh, I get all it's fired up. Like, yeah, it's I don't read them at all. I've I, I don't think I've met anyone um, 
in the industry that likes untapped yeah <laughs> like yeah i don't read any of the reviews at this point like we drink beer because we make the beer that we like to drink and like enjoy and yeah. and if i can enjoy the beers that we're drinking then we're that's where we should be you yeah. know like if i if i made something and i couldn't drink it i'm like okay we need to figure this yeah. out like this is not not gonna work but you know if and we're not out there to please everybody because it's impossible on any level you know yeah you so do a- you make anything you don't like though like, uh, do, are there any styles that you really don't like? No, I think I'm, I'm pretty open-ended, like, because um, I'm pretty open-minded, I guess. Yeah. Like, because, you know, even when sours and all that started coming up, you know, it takes a few minutes to get used to some of the, the real hardcore, like, the, the real Brett yeah. peach infused. Like, it takes a minute. But, you know, once you understand the style and you're educated and you understand where the, the flavors are coming from, then you get it ultimately like they're not cut out for everybody but and trust me like i've had plenty of beers in my lifetime that i couldn't possibly drink but it's usually because of an infection or some yeah. other issue but you, you know, don't there not. there isn't one beer in the portfolio like because of style oh no not at all no because no. it was um we did an episode with that's a little crazy actually. with hugh sisson from mm-hmm. heavy seas yeah, recently yeah. and he's very vocal about not liking sours oh yeah, yeah. and so they never made one right and right he, I, I asked him something. I can't remember how he phrased it, but he was like, but never say never. And it was like a month or so ago they came out with their first right, sour. Right, yeah. <laughs> Amazing how that happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've, uh, I've known Hugh for a while, too. He was uh, part of the, I think he was heading up BAM for a while. Yeah, he was one of the, yeah. found the yeah. I, I think he start, was Bam one of the started. started yeah. Party. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a, a long time ago, but yeah. I used to work with uh, Tom, too, back in the day. So. Where at? Uh, just, like, I would help him because oh, Brewer's okay. Alley used to own um, Growlers yeah. back in the day. So um, I had a lot of questions for him. Plus, we were in the Master Brewers Association together. So yeah, He's years. just a brewing genius. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah he and knows. one of the nicest people yes. you ever yeah. meet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what's really amazing he loves to teach too like he should if he ever wants to stop brewing should he a should professor. Yeah, yeah, yeah he could easily Agreed. probably start his own brewing school oh yeah yeah <laughs> no i totally agree with that yeah um so another question we mm-hmm. ask everyone sure. um is although i guess we'll we'll tailor this towards virginia instead is what is your one of your favorite non lost rhino beers made in virginia um Non-lost rhino, so I think that, of course, I'm real biased to, like, <laughs> all my own uh, local stuff, but um, actually, we just went to, to House 6, and they had a real solid um, session IPA, which is really good, and um, I have a friend that works over there, too, now, and um, brand new, like, these guys literally just started, so um, they're local, and I was trying, I'm just trying to think of the name, do you remember? I don't. It's either called like Firebreak or something. They're they're after the the whole theme is a firehouse like okay. type. It's called uh, um, House Six, um, which was oh yeah, they only have been like six. a month ago, less or so, than or, that. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Really Just recently. literally recently. Yeah, it's real solid, real solid. Um, right, that answer was also IPA. wrong. The correct answer was Vanish Peach Pie IPA. Oh yeah, <laughs> nope, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Tanya, do you have a favorite? I really actually I enjoy the black ox from Old Ox Brewery. It's one of my faves. What is it? Is that a black IPA or is that a stout or what? Um, I don't know. I think it's a <laughs> black IPA. Okay. I believe. I'm, I'm I think I had that. I, I was there once before. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
This is a cool little spot. Yeah, it is. It is. I guess it's not little. It's like yeah, actually yeah. decent size. Decent size, <laughs> yeah. Don't get out much, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. also a reoccurring theme from no, that's talking a to true people story, yeah. that work like, at breweries is that they never get to go, go out and see other hang people. out. Yeah, no. Like, when I'm out, I always mention that, that I'm like, I've never get out. Like, they never let me out of the office kind of thing. That's for sure. So, um, and... But it's fun, though. It's definitely fun when we're able to. Um, and the other thing, too, that we try to push with the brewery, which I think is pretty important, is uh, sustainability because we're pretty pretty neck deep in that, too. Um, we put it on all of our cans. Um, it's right on the side of your can. Um, we're 100% wind power. Um, we've been that way since the beginning almost, and the retreat, too. And we try to push as much of that as we can. Now, obviously, I don't have a, a freaking windmill on top yeah. of my brewery. <laughs> like, um, but... You know what we do is that'd uh, be pretty cool though it would be really cool like if we're able to do that maybe we'll someday but um we buy energy credits from wind farms through a group in dc to okay. offset offset the subsidies for wind power so do you see in. yourself ever outgrowing your current current location I so, or yeah i hope so yeah absolutely would you want to stay in the area or do you yeah, have yeah, a place no, I, on in that or i guess you could probably end up expanding yeah yeah within we could that pla- that. yeah we could eventually i think but um ashburn's sort of like just been our family for so long at this point and then even mine longer than that with old dominion so yeah. and and really ashburn has been a hub since 89 you know so i think that that's uh, definitely important you know moving forward so Definitely it's, a lot of fun. So as we're wrapping up, is there anything that you guys have coming up or anything else you want to talk about? Because another thing we also do that I forgot to do <laughs> the last couple episodes is I made a hop-infused whiskey with McClintock Distillery in oh. Frederick. Oh, so really? We, we That's end, awesome. We end each episode with um, a shot of hop-infused sounds fantastic. Chocolate, chocolate malt whiskey. Wow. That sounds fun. When did you make that? So this is a, obviously a very young version of it. It was only aged probably about a month in like a two-liter barrel. Oh, okay. The finished product will be in 2020. So oh, wow. We, this was distilled a few months ago. Oh, wow. That's pretty um, awesome, man. But they'll be releasing it well, whenever it tastes ready. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so roughly 2020. So you get to go over there and taste them on a regular basis? Uh, not a regular basis, but I have <laughs> had it. I've had it a few times out oh, of wow. the, tasting it out of the no, barrel. No, that's fantastic, man. That's Cheers the funnest for part. You. Cheers. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, I like uh, the little to-go shot glasses. <laughs> are so these cool, are actually man. for... Um, I don't know. You get them by registering as a church. It has something. Okay. So a lot, a lot of uh, distilleries, a lot of <laughs> distilleries are registered as a church, <laughs> so that they can buy these little thimble things. I think wow. they're used for maybe wine or yeah, alter- maybe. I'm not- <laughs> right. That's pretty cool though, man. So um, why don't you let's do a rundown? Where can people find you? Um, so uh, we're in. Uh, you know, obviously we're located in Ashburn, Virginia. Um, we're local here now. Um, we're in the, the local 
liquor stores. I'm I'm not sure off the top of my head what yeah, the names uh, of them actually, are. Actually, I, th- I think pretty much any of the ones that people would go to. Yeah, right, right here. Yeah, yeah. So we're and then we're rolling in with some new product here over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, MIG is coming up here. Well, it's here now. It just got here a day ago. So um, you'll start seeing MIG showing up in uh, some of the the local chains here too. In your lostrhino.com, right? Yep. Just uh, yeah. Like I got websites back like when they were when the internet was new and uh yeah so we actually got when you were using aol's discs no yeah right that's exactly right as decorations like because that's what people were doing but um yeah so we're uh lostrhino.com real easy and uh we have lostrhino retreat um com which is uh right up the road again just that's more of like a fit, full family service but we do make beer over there we do have a brew house oh um, cool in, so in that do location. small batch yeah testing. we do one barrel you know little one barrel system you have the pretzels there too uh yes we do okay, yeah but... they wouldn't let me like not have them <laughs> that and the the chips and queso so i have to have those um in both locations but um there and then we have a rhino fest coming up on the the 15th of uh september which is right around the corner already. Um, so that'll be our, our Rhino Fest party and all that, and that's in Ashburn as awesome. well. But um, coming right up, man, and then Hop Shove It is in two weeks. So just crazy one after another, man, just trying to keep up with it. And Tanya can be found on Instagram at, at chocoholic.com, spelled exactly as it Choc-o-holic. sounds. Chocoholic. Yeah, with an O. With an O. <laughs> yep. Uh, so – Thank you, too, so much for uh, making the trip up to Frederick. Yeah, cheers. No, I I love being up here. So It's a beautiful Tanya town. And, I and yeah. I've heard some people often refer to it as the East Coast craft beer capital of the world. No, and, and rightfully so. I Like, there's a, like, no, <laughs> someone, honestly. See, someone see, agrees with well, me. Well, <laughs> I lived, I lived literally like a half mile from here for four years, and like, um, like I loved being up here because of the creativity and the art. I love downtown, like. It was so much fun. Tanya worked there. I lived like, right was, on yeah. Market Street for four years in yeah. my early 20s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that had blast. to be fun. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Worked at Brewer's Alley. It was a blast. Yeah, I love Frederick, and I'm just glad <laughs> we finally got the brand up here. I'm very excited about that. So. All right. Well, thank you for coming out. All and, right. Cheers, uh, man. Thank cheers. you, everyone, for watching and listening. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank you. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.